0: You're listening to a message from the Winsboro Church of Christ. This is the Winsboro.church podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can get in touch with us at any time through our website at Winsboro.church. What is success? What does it look like to be a Christian and to be successful in the work that we're called to do? this This series is about my father's business. That's what Jesus said when he was in the temple. And if we're going to be about our father's business, a natural thought, a natural way of determining the business and how it's going and what we're doing and evaluating ourselves is asking, are we successful? So what does that mean? What does it look like? When we think about the Christian business, of being about our Father's business, of doing the work He would have us to do. What are our gauges? What are our standards? How do we measure success? Well, maybe we don't. And that's what I'm going to look at in the next passage in the Gospel of Luke, whenever Jesus had an amazing opportunity, but actually... Moved on from that opportunity. Let's look at Luke chapter 4. So he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he began to teach the people. Now this verse actually reflects directly what we talked about last week when Jesus was in Nazareth. Verse 16 of chapter 4 is, Now Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day as was his custom. So he's doing the same thing in both towns, but he's going to have a very different response. Remember what happened in Nazareth last week? They took him up onto the brow of the hill and tried to kill him, tried to throw him off, because they were so upset with what he said. Capernaum, not his hometown, but a different town, a town on the edge of the Lake of Galilee, on the north side, kind of away, we could say, from the heart of Jewish country a little bit more. They're going to be much more receptive. They were amazed at his teaching, because he spoke with authority. Now in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! Leave us alone, Jesus the Nazarene! Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him. Silence! Come out of him! Then after the demon threw the man down in their midst, he came out of him without hurting him. They were all amazed and began to say to one another, What's happening here? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. So the news about him spread into all the areas of the region. Jesus' events at the synagogue in Nazareth weren't quite so well received, but now he's in Capernaum, and all right, people respond appropriately. People are amazed. And the amazement and the encouragement and the good response keeps going. All those who had any relatives, sick with various diseases, brought them to Jesus. He placed his hands on every one of them and healed them. Demons also came out of many, crying out, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. So Jesus is performing miracles, and the people are wanting those miracles. They're responding well to those miracles. They're responding well to his authority and to his teaching. Things are going well. As a preacher who is recently relocated, I mean, this is the kind of place that every preacher wants to end up. Jesus is a rabbi, as a teacher, as obviously more than that, the very Son of God. He is the Christ, and the demons recognize it, but he's not ready for word to get out just yet. So he silences them. He doesn't want them to say it. He wants his followers to come to that conclusion. But uh, the, the, the harsh response he got in Nazareth, this is exactly the opposite. Now a preacher that goes into a hard place, into a hard ministry, uh, probably not too long into it, is going to be looking for a different opportunity to present itself. We see as ministers, and, and really any occupation, your occupation as well, whatever it uh, was or still is, that whenever we're making money, whenever we're getting promoted, whenever we have a good relationship with our coworkers and our bosses, it's a good place to be. But whenever those things go away, and to varying degrees, eventually we get to a point of, well, let's not do this anymore. Let's find another place. And I've heard some, lack of a better word, horror stories of sometimes the situations preachers have found themselves in. And sometimes the situation churches have found themselves in with their preachers. And things can go bad. I strongly desire things Never to go bad here. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying being here after a year and beginning my second year and looking for many more years to come. Uh, but I've I've been around and I've heard and I've talked and I've been blessed in my ministry. The, the three churches, this one's the third, the first two and this one, none of them have been bad. Some of them have had things that maybe weren't long term and not what I was looking for. And that's partially why I'm here. And also trying to find the place where I can do ministry as well as God has put it in me to do it. And living up to the opportunities before me. So, I mean, a lot of things go into deciding to move. Deciding to move on. As a minister or, again, any occupation, any person. Deciding to move on from one workplace to another. And bad things generally propel us out faster. But when things are going good, oh, we want to stay. And things are going good in Capernaum. And the question is, who would leave that? The answer? Jesus. Jesus would leave that. The next morning, Jesus departed and went to a deserted place. But he's not just taking a break. Yet the crowds were seeking him, and they came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. That was Jesus' intention, was to leave and go somewhere else. But Jesus said to them, verse 43, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns too, for that is what I was sent to do. That's what my father sent me to do. That's my still my father's business. To go where my father wants me to go, to proclaim where my father wants me to proclaim. And it's not just about finding a good spot and sitting down and camping there and, you know, building off his successes and things are going to go great now he's going to move on to other towns and Capernaum is going to be one of the better ones Nazareth where he came from wasn't that great obviously and some of the towns he's going to go to other than Capernaum it's going to be mixed in some ways he would have been so much better off just to stay in Capernaum people loved him they responded to him things were going well but he said no I'm about my Father's business. I go where my Father sends me. That that was Jesus' motivation. That that was Jesus' calling. He, he wasn't just coming to find success. Jesus knew full well that's not what he was going to find. He ended up hanging on the cross. Success wasn't really what he was after. He just wanted to do the next thing that God said, all right, go do that now. He knew he was about his father's business and that was all the success he needed. He didn't need to find any other earthly success. He knew his father was pleased. He knew that his father desired for him to go to other towns too. So without hesitation, he says, okay, I'm going to go. So who would leave a great place like Capernaum? Well, Jesus. Because he knew God had other places for him to be. I want to tell you a little story this morning about a man named Paul. Uh, I met Paul whenever I was up in Iowa. He was the preacher in the town about an hour away from where I was. And Paul and I got to know each other went to camp. He was the director of the camp that the church uh, moved into with my first full-time job as a preacher. Uh, They went to Midwest Bible Camp in Iowa, and Paul was the director, co-director is how they do it. There's two directors at each session, and Paul and his son-in-law were the directors. And after a year or two, Paul's wife, Roxy, actually got cancer. And he needed to step back. He uh, didn't feel like he could commit the time and energy and availability to be in the director. So he asked me if I would direct with his son-in-law. And he, me and Josh did that. Uh, Josh and I, better grammar. Josh and I did that for many years before I left. And now Paul's back directing again. And Roxy came through her cancer. She's doing much better. Uh, but it, it, she's had several bouts with it, actually. But when I was getting to know Paul, he was telling me a story because he was a fellow Texan. I was raised in Texas, and he was raised in Texas too. And he told me about how he had gotten to Iowa. And that he had been in Marshalltown early on in his ministry, in the town in Iowa that he was at. But an opportunity came open for him to move back to Texas. And this was before you know, the turn of the century. This was in the 80s and 90s. He had an opportunity to go back to Texas and uh, found a church in the town of Odessa and he was telling me it was actually during an oil boom things were going well I mean there was lots of people in the church moving into the town, the church was growing and uh, they had lots of resources because the oil industry was doing well, when the oil industry does well the town of Odessa does well and he, he he was doing well. I mean, if you could label something as, as, as success, that would be it, especially compared to the little tiny struggling churches up in Iowa, which for the most part they are. It's far out of the Bible Belt. Texas is, you know, <laughs> right, on, right in the center of the Bible Belt. It, it's, you know, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee. I mean, that's what makes up the Bible Belt where people go to the church where the Church of Christ in particular has a strong foothold in so many communities. And Texas is full of Churches of Christ, and here we are in Winsborough. Now, most towns have more than one. I like the fact that Winsborough just has one. That you know, We are the Winsborough Church of Christ, that there's not an east side and a west side, or north side, south side, or uh, the product of what often comes from splits. So... I'm very grateful for that and uh, I think it's something to, uh, to take joy in not pride because that's God's work not ours but uh, to celebrate that uh, cuz unity in Christ is a good thing but uh, Odessa you know and things were going well and the church was doing well and you know the money was better and uh, the opportunities were better and the finances of the church and the ministry possibilities were better And, you know, I've heard it said, uh, or I've heard the question asked, uh, you know, whenever a preacher gets a calling, how often is it a calling to a smaller church with a lower salary? (laughs) Not often, but in the grand scheme of, I mean, like most businesses and professions, preachers try to climb the ladder so to speak over time I know we want to be more comfortable have more uh, uh, things in our life taking care of less worries and uh i'm guilty of very much thinking of those things and uh worrying about my future and the future of my family and I mean, it's just natural in some way. In some ways, it's the way this country and our society program us to think, and I'm a part of it. And it's not all bad to think about the future, or to try to, um, and, uh, to to build on a foundation that can can last. Uh, but Paul, as he looked around town of Odessa, and it wasn't bad, but it definitely was a prosperous, Bible belt town. And the thing about that is. Especially in the 80s and such, during the oil boom. uh, It's become less so, but it's kind of assumed in Texas. Even still, but less than it used to be, it's assumed that you go to church. It's assumed you're supposed to go to church. and Most people have that inkling in them. Now, well, not everybody goes, obviously, and this has become less. Well, we've seared our consciences in the last generation or two, but the, the way that we think about church, it's kind of just inherent and understood and a part of our society, and especially it was much more back then. When Paul was, had moved back down to Texas, but what he had left in Iowa was pretty far out of the Bible belt, and that is nobody cares Nobody thinks about it. It wasn't on anybody's mind, and the Bible Belt, the South is becoming more of that as it progresses. But in Iowa, it was very much the case you know, back before 2000, back in the 80s and 90s, and even before that. Iowa actually has one of the lowest per capita memberships in Churches of Christ and many other denominations, too. It's... um. Not a heathen state by any means. It's a good Midwestern state. and We actually loved it there. We have many good memories and good relationships from whenever we lived up there. Most of our children were born up there. But it was different. And Paul pointed, was pointing out to me this difference. He said, in Iowa, nobody's a Christian because they're supposed to be. In Iowa, the people that go to church are committed to their own faith because they have to be because there's no other outside pressure of putting force on them, but, you know, putting expectations on them. If uh, they're in Iowa and not a Texas transplant that kind of carries some of that with them, or other transplants from other places, then it really was a personal commitment, personal dedication. And he admired that. And being in Odessa, and he was, it was very different. And it wasn't bad, but Again, things were well people were comfortable money was very much flowing in the town kids had nice cars families were building nice houses and none of that's bad but he was raising some younger kids at that point he had raised some of his older kids up in Iowa but he had some younger kids and they were getting older while they were there in Odessa and he decided he wanted his kids to see something different. To experience something different, to no know Christianity in a different light. So he uh, called his old church back up in Iowa, and they had had a minister in the intervening years, but he had moved on, so the position was open, and they said, "Yeah, Paul, come back up here." And he did to a much smaller church, to a much smaller salary. And they had a little parsonage and still do where he and Roxy live, right behind the church building. And uh, a small, kind of double wide, even I mean, nothing spectacular in the least. And uh, but he decided that's what he wanted to show uh, and to do, that's where his passion, his heart lay. And he wanted to. Again, his kids to experience something different than just the oil boom uh, mentality of where they were before. Now, the oil boom busted, but I can't help but think he still would have probably been better off financially uh, in Odessa compared to the little town in Iowa where he's at now, and the little church. And uh, again, Roxy's faced cancer a few times, and uh, I... I don't know their finances. I don't, you know, assume to, but uh, again, they're still living in that little parsonage. Getting by, but just getting by. And I respect Paul so much. And his last name was Prescott. He's the son of Hurston Prescott. He didn't grow up here. Uh... I'm not sure exactly where he grew up, but his dad Hurston moved here after Paul had grown up. But Paul, he knows this church. He's been here a few times visiting his dad over the years back when Hurston was still alive. He would come down and visit Grandpa and bring the kids. So he's been here. And the way that y'all talk about Hurston, and I hear memories of Hurston and how much he was loved and admired and appreciated. That's when I think about Paul and his son. And especially the example he still gives me now of it's not all about me. It's not all about my future. It's not all about how I would gauge or want or desire success. It's about my father's business. It's about having my priorities aligned and knowing that there are more important things than the earthly way we quantify success. And really, when it comes down to it, that question I asked at the beginning, what is success? How can we measure success? What does success mean for a Christian? And I would say, that's the wrong question. Success is our father's business. We're to be about our father's business, but we shouldn't be the ones worrying about success. God will take care of the success. He doesn't, he, he doesn't look down and say, Colby, you be sure and be successful. I don't see that in scripture. I don't see that in the example of Jesus by any means. Not that he didn't have some great successes. Obviously in towns like Capernaum. And the miracles he did. And the way that people were amazed. But Jesus wasn't worried about being successful. Jesus was only worried about being about his father's business. And if things are going to go successful, well, that's up to God. That idea of planting and watering, but it's God who gives the increase. And uh, as we close up this series on being about our Father's business, we've seen about being committed to our Father's business, like Jesus, you know, being wanting to be in his Father's house, where his Father's at work, Jesus is going to be at work. And you know last week we saw Jesus having a bad experience in Nazareth, and that he wanted to present that his father's business wasn't what they thought it was going to be that God's business doesn't abide by our rules. I looked at that last week it's um innovative as far as we're concerned at least and now we look at our father's business and success and The words I hear of Jesus, I've got other places to go. I've got other people to proclaim the good news to. I've got other things to do. And that's where I was sent. I don't know what my future holds in store. As I've said several times, I hope it's so many years in Winsboro, Texas. Oh, I like it here. And uh, I want to learn more and get and and uh, get more connected and like it even more. And I want to be intimately connected with the church body here for many years to come. Uh, my uncle preached in the same place for 38 years. I don't know that I can pull that off, but you know that's a that's a good thing. And Paul, I don't know how long he's been up in Iowa again. Two different stints up there for a while, I'll come back and then back there again now for many, many years. Uh, and I admire that that longevity, and that's what I want. But what I want more, what I hope I want more, is looking out and seeing where God wants me and going. And the thing is, God can use us anywhere. I mean, God can use me here in Marshall in. Winsboro, Texas, just like Paul can be used in Marshalltown, Iowa, and I was used in Des Moines, Iowa, and McAllister, Oklahoma, before I got here. And any place we're at, God can use us. And it's not all about finding the right place. But if there's an opportunity to go beyond my comfort zone, to go beyond my limited experiences, and to say there's more to be done, For God, that's good. And I hope I'm faithful to live up to that calling because I want to be about my father's business. And I hope we as a church do too.